We have goals to gain unimportant, relatively, temporary, at best, rewards. And we will work and bleed for them. We have a goal that I'm talking about with eternal rewards. And some of us will give it a couple hours a week on a Sunday morning if we have decided that there isn't something more important for us to do. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington. And this is Contemplate. I'm Ron Hagelgans. Thanks for being here as we dive into part five in our current podcast series, What's Your Unique? Pastor David is teaching us the importance of growing in Christ, not being content to stay baby Christians, but moving forward to maturity and becoming more and more like Jesus. And often that requires a plan and commitment. Let's find out more. Here's Pastor David with today's lesson, recorded live at Acts Church. The instant transformation that many of us have experienced is glorious. It's amazing. Uh, You know, when we become followers of Christ and recognize that the burden of our sin is gone, that we can be right with God, that we can have a relationship with him. It's amazing. It's unspeakably amazing. It's incredible. But we are supposed to go on from there, not stay in it, not just sit in it. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be transformed. But wait a second, Paul, I was already transformed, right? Yes, you were instantly transformed. So he can't be talking about that. He can't be talking about the instant transformation that we already read about. He has to be talking about something else. He's talking about the progressive transformation that walking in Christ requires of us. Right? Not not instant transformation from death to life. Progressive transformation in growing in that newness of life. That's what he's talking about. And he makes it pretty clear, right? He says, don't be conformed by the world. Be transformed. Those seem to be your two options. And you may be thinking to yourself, how can someone who's in Christ and who has the Holy Spirit and all that be conformed to the world? Well, it seems like a waste of ink if it couldn't happen, right? So somehow, if you aren't walking forward in newness of life and learning and growing and serving and doing these things, he's warning you that you'll be conformed to the world. If you have a car, some of you have cars, and maybe, maybe you've washed your car. If you wash your car once and it becomes, it looks new and shiny and whatever, and then you drive around for a week, does it still stay nice and shiny? No, especially if it's black, just FYI. Think about that. Think about that before you buy a car. Okay, my own issues again. I'll try to keep this about about you guys. All right, here's the thing. The car is going to conform to the world. There's all this dirt flying around. There's all, this, there's all this dust and dirt and grime and whatever. And even though you've washed it, if you don't keep washing it, if you don't keep doing it, it's going to what? Be conformed to the world. It's going to be dirty. It's a mess. 
right? It's a mess. And you have to go make your kids wash it. And then they get upset and this whole thing, it's, it's a mess. So here's the deal. What Paul's saying is this. If you don't renew your mind, if you don't work on your, remember last week, body, soul, spirit, if you're not at that place of soul, working on that place of will, that place where you're studying and growing and learning, if you're not moving forward in spirit, in holiness and sanctification, you're being conformed. You can't stand still and stay there. What happens is the world is going to conform you. And so he's warning you that he's saying, look, here's the goal. Be transformed. Be transformed. Yes, you've already been transformed in one way. But don't be a little baby. Be transformed. Okay. That sounds like a lot of work. That's true. That's a lot of work, right? Anyone who's tried to better go to the bookstore and tell me how big the self-help section is. All right? How big is How many diets are out there. There's like a diet for everything. The donut diet. That's the one I'm on, by the way. In case you're wondering. It's working out. Not that well, but it is fun. Um, right? There's a million ways of self-help. We try, we try to transform ourselves. We recognize, everybody, whether you're a believer or not, recognizes that we're jacked up. Right? Or what would the self-help section be for? Well, you're perfect already. Maybe you should read about how perfect you are. No, that's not how it is, right? It's, I know I'm jacked up. Let me find some way to fix it, some way for me to fix it. Here's where you got to be very careful and understand the difference, the difference between a Christ follower and every other religion, including atheism and agnosticism and all those which are faith positions as well. Everybody else is doing one thing. They're saying, I got to go to the self-help section, open up this. I got to do it myself. I got to please God because I'm going to do this work myself and I'm going to get there. I've got good news for you. It's not like that. It's not like that. Listen to some scripture. Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now not much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And boy, isn't it nice that it doesn't end there. The sentence goes on to say, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Yes, it's work. But the blessing that you have is it's not just your work. In fact, it's not primarily your work. In fact, it's something like C.S. Lewis described, look, if, if I give my son, I think he said sixpence or something, which is some sort of foreign money. But if I give my son a dollar so that he can buy me a present, and he goes out and buys the present with my dollar, have I, have I gained a dollar? No, it was my dollar in the first place, right? He took what I gave him to do something good for me. And, I, and of course, I love that and revel in that. I mean, my son's 35, so it's kind of weird. I'm just kidding. He's not. My son's 14. But he could earn a dollar for himself by now, right? But the point is, if I give him the dollar and he goes out and gets me something, whose work is it? There's an aspect where both of us are doing it, but he didn't have the power to give me the gift. I gave him the power to do it, and then he was faithful in doing it. Does that make sense? We are not doing it by ourselves. We want to make the dollar and buy the present. We think we can please God in that way, but we cannot. You cannot. You cannot. He works in you. Yes, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Right? 
For it's God who works in you, both to will and to do. Both to desire that which is good and to give you the power to do that which is good. It's God. It's God. Uh, Philippians 1.6, another verse in Philippians. It's good stuff. Being confident of this very thing. Listen. That he who has begun a good work in you, instant transformation, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Progressive transformation. Okay? He who has begun a good work. Whose work is it? Yours? You went to the self-help section, figured out how to do it, and you're so powerful and strong and smart and wonderful that you did it yourself? Mm -mm. Nope. You fell on the grace of Jesus Christ, and he will empower you to move forward. He will empower you. You still got, you still got to do your thing, though. You still got to do your thing. You don't get to sit back. You can't be like, oh, good. I thought I was going to have to do something. Apparently, I can just sit here, and God's going to do it all for me. That's not what I mean. It's more like the dollar and you go buy the present. It's not like I'm going to go buy myself the present and say, and put your name on it. When they were really little, I did that. But as they, they get older, you do something different, right? You have a role in this, but recognize that you're not on your own. You're not on your own. There's no self-help. There's only Jesus' help, right? And that's where the Christian lives, understanding that. Understanding that. So um, sometimes... I think we can get very caught up in that amazing first work, that instant transformation that happens in salvation and coming to know Jesus because it is such an amazing thing. And we are to desire it for others. We are to desire it for others. We want to see people have the same new life that we have. But we can get so caught up in the instant transformation that we become negligent about the progressive transformation. We just become a little negligent about it. We don't think as much about it because the instant transformation part is the part that we push and push and push and push. And so we start to think that that's the part, the only part that's important, but they're both important. Here's what A.W. Tozer wrote about this issue that exists among some believers. He says, by instant Christianity, I mean the kind found almost everywhere in gospel circles and which is born of the notion that we may discharge our total obligation to our own souls by one act of faith, or at most two, right? Salvation and baptism. And be received thereafter, be relieved thereafter of all anxiety about our spiritual condition. We don't have to worry about it anymore. We are saints by calling, our teachers keep telling us, and we are permitted to infer from this that there is no reason to seek to be saints by character. An automatic, once-for-all quality is present here that is completely out of mode with the faith of the New Testament. Okay, so make no mistake about something, okay? Um, if you haven't had that instant transformation yet, you should do that. If you haven't chosen to follow Christ, if you're not in him yet, you should do that. Now is the time, not later, now. Now is the time to do that. For those of you who are already in Christ, who are already Christ followers, it's time for you to move on and move forward. And that will always be the case. That will always be the case. It's time to move forward. Church is more than just a nursery for newborn babies. Don't misunderstand. The church is absolutely that. There are always going to be, hopefully, if the church is doing what it ought to be doing, there will always be the newborns, right? But somebody's got to take care of them, which means that once you get there, you've got to move forward in your progressive transformation. The church is here to walk alongside those who are engaging in the power of God, in the power of the Holy Spirit, 
to move forward, to move on, to learn, to grow, to become holy, to serve. That's what the church is here for. That's what the church is here for. Remember that this series of messages is about your unique and our unique. It's about the body of Christ, right? It's about who we were called to be as individuals and as the church. Remember the main scripture passage is 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Okay, we've talked some about that. So what is the goal of the body in this context? Let's look at, let's look at Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now listen, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love." There's a lot there, okay? There's a lot there. Um, but let's focus on this. We are not to stay children. We are not to stay children. We're to grow up into him, into Christ Jesus. We're to grow up into him. Now, here's the thing. Goals are great. That's a start. Knowing what your goal is is a good thing. But without a plan to achieve that goal... It doesn't do you much good. It doesn't do you much good. If I want to be in shape, I have some work to do. I mean, I'm in shape. I'm a shape, kind of like a pear or something. I have a shape. But if I want to be in the kind of shape that other people think is good, I got some work to do, right? I got some work to do. About five years ago, uh, I decided I was going to get in shape, and I did. I got in incredible shape. It was amazing. Um, Best shape of my life. And it took, yeah, I know it didn't stay. The donut diet didn't work. So at that time, it was a very different diet, right? So I'm spending all kinds of time. I have to think about every single meal that I eat. Every single meal that I eat, all the time I got to think about. I have to work out all the time, okay? Because you don't get to look like Thor by sitting on the couch, I found out. Um, Which I did, by the way, look like Thor. Um, like he'll look in 30 years. Uh, I had to do all this stuff. I had to think about it. I remember I would read, I'm sitting here on my phone reading articles about exercise, about diet, what's the, what's the newest science, what's the newest philosophy, whatever. I was consumed with it because it was so all-consuming because it was so difficult to go from where I was at pounds down to about 200 pounds and fit, okay? It was such a huge burden. I had a goal had a goal, but to achieve it, you know, took a huge part of my life to achieve that goal. Now, let me ask you something. What's more important, the physical transformation that I was after at that time or your spiritual transformation? It's not a tough question. 
because um, you're in church, so you know what the answer is going to be, right? Which has more value? Losing weight or losing sin? You know, learning about exercise or learning about Jesus? This is an easy call, right? An easy call. Spiritual transformation is much more important. Okay, another example. In high school, when I played football, we practiced all the time. All the time we practiced. When we weren't playing football, we were thinking about football or food, you know. Uh, we were working out all the time in the off season. We're practicing all the time during the season. By the time I was a senior in high school, I had been playing football for years, practicing, working. A lot of the same guys that I'd played with for years, we thought about it. We watched film. We were obsessed. A, a, a good part of our life was about football. Okay? We put uncounted hours into football. We should have won state that year. Unfortunately, we only won four games. So, <laughs> so they didn't let us go to state. Um. <laughs> All right, we weren't that good. But that's the point, right? Four games, a lifetime of banging my head into people, working out, lifting weights, talking about it, watching film, whatever, so that at the pinnacle of my football career, as a senior in high school, I could win four games. Right? A mediocre season of a game played with a weird-shaped ball and a bunch of kids running around in pats. I put all that time, me and a lot of other people, all that time, all that effort, all that energy for what? And who did win state that year? Who cares? Right? Who cares? 30 or 40 dudes that are like, yeah, we won state that year. You know, we're now beer bellied and whatever. And they're telling this guy or girl who they thought was a complete nerd in high school about how, remember when we won state, we were there. And the person who they thought a nerd is, is now like, well, that's a cool story about winning state. Can you finish detailing my car? Because, <laughs> because that person who they thought was a nerd was putting their time into something a little more important and long-lasting, like doing their homework, right? Not that all football players are dumb. It's the 99% that make the 1% look bad. I'll let you work that one out. Okay. Look, we have goals to gain unimportant, relatively, temporary, at best, rewards. And we will work and bleed for them. We have a goal that I'm talking about with eternal rewards. And some of us will give it a couple hours a week on a Sunday morning if we have decided that there isn't something more important for us to do. There's something wrong with that picture. Something wrong with that. Listen, I love you, okay? I want you to experience the joy of progressive transformation. I want you to experience it. It is not an attractive thing to see a Christ follower who's been in Christ for years and years sucking on a bottle when they should be eating a steak. It's not attractive. But we've, we have set up a culture where we focus so much on the instant transformation, which is important, that we've completely neglected in some cases that progressive transformation, or at least we have not been honest with ourselves about what it takes to get to a goal. You all know what it takes to lose weight. You all know what it takes to try to win four football games. 
We all know how much work that is. But when it comes to this goal with eternal rewards, where you're going to literally stand in front of Christ and he is going to look at what you've done. I don't know that we think enough about what we want to have in our hands at that moment. The time for you to have pride about where you are in Christ is not now. This is the time to let the Holy Spirit knock on your heart and get in there a little bit and and ask you, hey, what are you doing with what I gave you? Do you have a plan to achieve the goal that you say you have for your life? to be a Christ follower and to be transformed? Do you have a plan to achieve that goal? And are you working that plan? Because here's the deal. Work the plan or stop lying about the fact that you have it. And I just got to be real, right? This is to me. This is to you. This is to all of us daily. What are we doing with what he gave us? Do we recognize the call, the goal of the Christian life as progressive transformation? And do we have a goal? And are we serious about what that looks like to live in Christ, to live in this body, to work with one another, to go forward? Here's the thing. I was talking to uh, someone the other day about a totally different kind of plan. And one of the things they said to me was, eventually... Oh, yeah, I, do, I definitely want to do that thing eventually. And here's my thing about eventually. It's always eventually. It's always eventually. Well, I'd like to learn Spanish. Well, that'd be great. How long will it take you? Probably about six months. Hey, it's going to be six months from now, six months from now. How about getting started? Because six months from now when you say, well, I still want to do it, but I haven't started. Look, the time is short and the work is now. Now. Not eventually, not later. There's no later here. There's no, I'll be good later. He's coming for us. And you don't know when. We're going to talk about that more next week. We're going to push deeper into this idea of eternal rewards and what it looks like. We're going to get even deeper into some of this, what it means, how it works, what do rewards look like, what are we really doing this for, why should I be doing this? All those kinds of questions are going to, are going to answer themselves as we walk through the Word, as we walk through Scripture on this, okay? We need to be moving forward in one accord. In one accord, right? We've been in Acts. We know about that. We know what that means. We need to be moving forward in one accord. This is how we do it. This is how we get there. We need to be together growing up into Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you, God, that you have transformed those of us who are following you, that you instantly made us new, newborns in you. God, give us your power, your discernment. Give us knowledge and wisdom. Give us all that we need to grow up into you. We want to grow up into you, Jesus. Lord, you're our daddy. We're your children. We want to become progressively older and older children, transforming from this young baby into a fully mature follower. We want to look like you, Lord, because we want to glorify you. Ultimately, the full goal is that we glorify you, that we rest in you, that we enjoy you, that we have relationship with you. That's at the end of all this. As we become transformed, the joy that we find in you, 
glorifying your name by being good children and good stewards of what you've given us. God, forgive our sins. Let us be right before you. Let us, let us drop anything that exists right now in this body that keeps one from another. Any negative thought, Lord, I pray you turn it to a positive thought, that we would think the best of all, that we would love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, that we would love our neighbor as ourself, forbearing with one another, assuming the best about one another, working to help each other grow in love, that we might be a tightly knit body, that we might grow and become strong, and that we might be a force for you. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington, and part five in our series, What's Your Unique? Here on Contemplate. Now, if you'd like more information about Axe Church, you can find us online at axecamas.org. There you'll find a sermon archive and directions and all the info you need to come see us this Sunday morning, and I hope you will. Again, that's axcamus, camus with a C, axcamus.org, or give us a call at 360-885-9000. That's 360-885-9000. Finally, have you ever noticed how everybody wants to get above everybody else? The world around us has many convinced that the way to have value and worth is to be somehow higher in status than everyone else. Well, as Pastor David will teach us in our next podcast, God sees things quite a bit differently. I'm Ron Hagel again. Thanks for being here, and we'll look for you next time for part six of What's Your Unique? with our teacher, Pastor David Robinson, here on Contemplate.